Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Tipsy Ghost. We're your tipsy hosts, Sarah, Sarah, and Lindsay. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. We're happy to be gay- be together again. Not gay. <laughs> <laughs> if I was, I'd be happy Shoot. too. <laughs> Quarantine is what brings us together. <laughs> All the happiness. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. We are <laughs> together, but not in that way. <laughs> Hold on, Sarah's dying right now. <laughs> Wait, is this our coming out episode? <laughs> I, just, I was really surprised about it. <laughs> that was a Freudian slip if I ever heard one. I didn't even know that about myself. Speaking of Freudian slip, can I, can I tell you guys a funny story? Yes, oh, please. please. It wasn't me for once who... Had a slip up. Uh-oh. As we all know, I do have, like, poor word choices. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> That's really funny. But, um, funny story. I was at work, and I had on my hat and mask, as we all do. Right. Right now. The sexy um, look. <laughs> um, so all you can see are just my eyes, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a point to this. There was a doctor walking down the hallway. I've never met the man before comes right up to me and I'm sure he's super friendly but I think he was talking to me like he thought he knew who I was but I had no idea who he was right right so he's just like chatting it up my coworker says hey doctor how can I keep my goggles from fogging up you know while I'm wearing all this mm-hmm. stuff because I need to ask a physician this question <laughs> It seems, it seems legit. So I'm just sitting here. With all here of this going on. <laughs> Don't know who this guy is. And he says, yeah, there's this store down on the plaza. It's called Moose Knuckles. And they sell a... <laughs> oh, gosh. I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> We're going to get to the punchline, guys. I promise. No, that was it. <laughs> the punchline is... He's calling it Moose Knuckles. That's not it. That's not <laughs> I can't even say it. I can't even say it. Oh, my God. I almost passed out. I was laughing so hard. Lindsay's not following me. So no, she's not. Moose Knuckles is another <laughs> name for camel toe. I know that, but I'm trying to think of what story he was trying moose to... Moose Jaw. He was trying moose to tell me about jaw. Moose Jaw. Gotcha. And he was t- telling me... <laughs> I, was, I got what yeah. you were saying. I got the funny part, but I was like, what store is he thinking of? I don't know. Apparently, Moose... Moose Knuckles downtown on the plaza sells some solution. <laughs> For your foggy eyes. <laughs> did, did he ever... <laughs> did he ever come to the realization of what no, he said? No, he did. He did. Like, not even ten seconds later, he looked at me and he goes, shut up. And I was like, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> I was just going to laugh hysterically behind I didn't my laugh. mask. I just was like, oh... Like surprised that he said that, <laughs> and he was like, "Shut up, Freudian slip." And I was like, "Ooh, this is even more awkward." What was he thinking of for that to be? A I Freudian know what slip? he was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "I can never look at you the same again." And I said, "Don't worry, you'll never." This is the first time you're looking at me in the first place. I know. I can't look at you the same. (laughs) That's what I said. I go, the difference is you can't see me, but I know exactly who you are. (laughs) I'll never forget this. Next time when we're all out of our PPE, just go up to him and be like, hey, Moose Knuckles. (laughs) He will die. I can't tell you who it is, but he'll never forget it because he was immediately embarrassed. And I thought it was hilarious. That... 
Oh, that's awesome. So if you're interested, Moose Knuckles on the Plaza carries some solution for your foggy goggles. <laughs> there you go. I'm it's, not interested. Not that interested. <laughs> it's quite a drive, but I guess I can make it for the Moose Knuckles. Anyhow, now you know how to resolve your foggy goggles. Mm. You're welcome. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> euphemism for something. I don't know what. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know, but it was too funny not to share. Mm. That was funny. I had Thank my you. own slip up there at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, somebody else, please talk. Take over. <laughs> Just turning more and more red. <laughs> In front of us. It's I us. Know. Come my on. This is hot. Because <laughs> you're talking about moose knuckles. I know. Oh, guys, isn't this, this our? <laughs> what? I got her all flustered. <laughs> I'm not even like. I'm not even drunk, guys. That was just me trying just to normal. Lindsay. That was my brain trying to form a connection where there was no connection. Oh. <laughs> uh. Are you okay? Say, yes, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. We're all fine. This is fine. It's going great. It's going great. This is our second week together. Finally <laughs> reunited. Yes. Um, And hopefully, you know, things are going to start opening up soon. We just got announced that we're going to phase 1.5 instead of from phase 1 to 2. Mm. Now there's a half step. What does that mean? In I, Kansas, right? In Kansas. Yeah. I don't really know. <laughs> Basically meant... We're going too fast, y'all. Let's go to 1.5 before we go to 2. So. Yeah, I got that part, but. I'm not quite sure, honestly, okay. <laughs> what any of this All means. right, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> I just want to go to a restaurant. That's all I want. Yeah. I want to go yeah, eat yeah. some queso and some chips and some unlimited bread, whatever it is. I, I want mean, that. Yeah. You mean other than your house? <laughs> I mean, yes. I want to leave my house. My children have not, other than going to daycare, they have not left the house since March. Like, they haven't gone to the store or nothing. And so every time somebody comes to the door, they're like, I want to go to your house. I'm like, you don't know this person. Stop <laughs> it. You're not going to anybody's house. Do you, 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 they go outside though and play. Yeah, they go outside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they go outside and play and they go to daycare, <laughs> but they don't go to the store. And so every time like my husband's going to the store, they're like, I want to go. And I'm like, no. Yeah. You stay home. <laughs> With I me. Know. Forever. I know. It's for the greater good, but it's a struggle. Yeah. I want to get my hair done. I need it too, dude. I finally made an appointment. I have, I have to wear a mask the whole time. Too, so but... do I. I made my appointment yeah. and I cannot wait. I'm going to lose five pounds of hair. Oh. Yeah. I last got mine done in August. Oh. So it's been a while. Mine January. was September, October. No. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. I was going to get it done. Because we were supposed to go on our vacation in April, so I was going to get it done, like, the first week of April before our vacation, and that didn't happen, which vacation didn't happen either, but... I've had the joys of having a few grays come in, so that's been oh, no. real neat. I could have had my sideburns. I don't know why. <laughs> Nowhere else. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I thought this was sharing hour. I guess not. <laughs> because the looks that you just gave me... <laughs> it's because in my mind I pictured like full on grays, <laughs> like oh, mutton like, chops on your face. Like, me too. These little sideburns, like right here. I don't like. I get like grays in them. I wouldn't call those sideburns. <laughs> those are sideburns. They're like right there. <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, like my, big old fat mutton chops. <laughs> yes, I know, but girls can have sideburns too, and it's just that area right there. <laughs> 
<laughs> People on the podcast can't see me, but I'm pointing, pointing at my sideburns. It's like, what do you shave those every day? <laughs> every day. Wow. Three times a day, my five o'clock shadow is coming in nicely. <laughs> Shit. Now we're going to have to edit a picture of Lindsay. <laughs> Make them gray because they're gray. <laughs> Either that or I was picturing like really long ones, like just two pieces of long hair. <laughs> not like, um, like I don't know. Oh, I've seen pictures like that girl from Game of Thrones, how she has those two pieces. Yes. <laughs> those aren't her sideburns. That's just how they style her hair. <laughs> you don't even area. know. You don't even know Game of Thrones. <laughs> I've seen pictures. Don't exclude me from what, looking at pictures. Uh, either way, that's where my brain went. <laughs> <laughs> so <sighs> I say grow them out, style your hair <laughs> in and up too, and just bring these danglers down. <laughs> danglers can be not ever say that. <laughs> Let's just not ever say danglers. Look, she's got dingleberries on her hair. <laughs> oh, gross. I haven't heard that word since like the seventh grade. <laughs> bring down your, your dingleberries. <laughs> <laughs> Put these two dingleberries on the side. Yes. <laughs> Hang on, can one of you guys please get a perm? <laughs> I legit wanted to get a perm for the longest time. Okay, we both know it looks way better on you. <laughs> I wanted to when I was a kid and like a teen, and my mom did my sisters. They had a perm. My sisters did, and like. The early nineties, you know when you know what the perms looked like then. Well, they were horrible. I had, I had multiple, so she those. wouldn't let me. I've always wanted one. Oh, I'm here to tell you they weren't that great. <laughs> um, I feel like they look a lot better. Crack about dingleberries <laughs> and your mutton chops. <laughs> of course, I am. And, uh, with a half inch curling iron. <laughs> Spiral that shit up. I'll tell you come next week looking like that. You got so offended that we laughed during your sharing hour. I'm so sorry. I need like a sub fair to be like, this is the feelings bear. You guys can't laugh when I'm holding the feelings bear. It wasn't about you sharing about your grace. I was sharing about my grace that I had a hard time coming to terms with because I turned 30 this year. And I got gray hairs in my sideburns. We both visualized you in mutton chops, okay? Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe next time it, if you explain it a little bit. I was going to, but as soon as I said sideburns, you guys lost it. I picture like John Travolta. You're picturing lots of things. I know. I don't know, one of the presidents. With mm. big old mutton oh, chops. Oh, who was that? Was it Van Oh, okay. I was no. thinking Van I bet Buren. you a bunch of them do. Probably. Here we go. Probably Presidents. all of them. Residents <laughs> with mutton chops. <laughs> probably oh, a guys, webpage to be dedicated to it. <laughs> what did we do before Google? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, we all know, but I don't remember Shut life before Presidential Google. sideburns. Can you Google presidential that? Presidential sideburns. This was a Luke. Um... Lots of presidents. 
I'm thinking of the one who had the wide face. Well, shit. <laughs> Turns out there's a lot. Oh, here we go. Presidential facial hair power ranking. No. Power ranking? <laughs> How did they do this? I don't know. It was BuzzFeed, so oh, okay. obviously. It's legit. Chester Arthur. Ooh, don't even know him. some scraggles. Oh, those are some scraggly hairs. That is just... He needs to tame no. those. Let's see. Keep going. I'm going to skip over a few. Ooh, John Quincy Adams. Ooh. Not much on the top, but a party on the sides. <laughs> then some chops. A party on the side. <laughs> it's like the mullet of mutton chops. <clears throat> Martin Van Buren. That's who I was thinking of. Let me what? see. Is that Van Buren? It also says 1.21 gigawatts. I don't know what that <laughs> That's means. That's what I was thinking of was Van Buren. Right. Because his, his were impressive. They are like styled. Hang on. I know. What did Andrew, Andrew Jackson look like? Oh, we're, we're getting some we're places. Getting, Hang he's on. probably on the list. Hold on. Hold we're on. just not as impressive as Van Buren. The winner is uh, William Howard Taft for his uh, yes. mustache of excellence. And it is. Let me see this. It is, is it curled up on there? Curled up. Look yes. at that. That is that, impressive. There we go. So All right. So it's been cleared up. We talked about which president has the best facial hair. <laughs> so this is our smorgasbord. Everybody's favorite word. Smorg, smorg, smorg. Okay. That was kind of like to the Phantom of the Opera there for me for a second. Oh, yeah. I can I can hear that. Phantom <laughs> of the Opera is here. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. I can't go. Never seen Phantom? Are you surprised? Girl, get on that musical train. I love musicals. I did see something the other day that said that people who were into serial killers also for some reason liked musicals. Well, that's true for me. And me. (laughs) Can you imagine us trying to present an in song? (laughs) No. I cannot. Well, National Forest! National Forest! (laughs) I'll just let you keep going. I'm trying to think of what rhymes with a forest. (laughs) See, that's what I'm saying. Forest. I was thinking bored. (laughs) No. Forest. Forest. Is it forest? No. I don't want to call people poor. Okay, well, it's not going to go well then. (laughs) Forest. Can't think of anything else. And it's over. Uh, it's insane. over. End scene. All right, guys. That idea Aww. for a musical podcast ended real quick. Look how sad he looks. Who are you? Why are you still oh. looking at presidents? Okay, so back to the smor- smorgs. The smorgs of the smorgasbord episode. Okay, I liked it. Um, I can't think of anything right with episode either. I suck at this. All right. Well, I, got, I don't okay. think you really have to. <laughs> I don't have to. So I am going to continue on with my National Parks episode. So if you guys haven't listened to last week's, please do it, because otherwise you will be probably lost True. during this part for me. Yeah, this is something I've never heard about before. So um, are we ready to just get right into it, y'all? Ready. Okay. Are you Are you done? I need you to put up your phone and stop looking at presidents. She's still looking at... <laughs> In their facial hair. Mutton chops. Mullet of the face. Boydson. <laughs> but... <laughs> okay. Here. I've got a Lucy hair in my mouth. Okay, bye bye. <laughs> I know what it's from because I put that back there. National. You put the hair back there. <laughs> I put my drink in the. Okay. You want to go there? You're not the poorest. <laughs> there was. It only took five minutes. You might disappear. 
She must but have heard have my no request fear. to not sing, and so she took it over. <laughs> but have no fear. Okay, so are we ready? Are we all repositioning? I don't know. I'm sliding up, but I'm good enough. Oh, Jesus. No, reposition because I know from experience you're going to keep moving until... I can't stop. <laughs> I need a couch or something I can just lay down on. <laughs> can we just move a bed in here? Just <laughs> have the about. microphone dangled above our heads. Okay. I'll be comfortable here for at least 15 minutes. So I am going to continue here, guys, with the National Forest. <gasps> I'm so excited. I love this topic. <laughs> Disappearances. So we talked a little bit about David Politas um, and missing 411 and kind of the what he started there. It's Politas. Politas, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember because... How do you remember and I don't? Because <laughs> he's the Politas. Because he is polite to us. <laughs> All right. Please edit that. David Politis. You know I won't. Damn it. You never support me. She probably would have if you wouldn't have asked. No, she wouldn't have. All right. So I'm going to kind of jump right into it with some more cases that are unusual. I'm going to do like a really quick refresher just in case some of you guys did not listen. So basically, um, National Port. (laughs) Damn it. That's a National (laughs) Port. That song got stuck in your head. <laughs> I shouldn't have told you what rhymes with forest. <laughs> Should have just let you think about National it. Forest. <laughs> oh man, oh man, oh man. Next time, no hints. No hints. Okay. I got a cramp. So, <laughs> can I please start? God damn it. Do you need to reposition again? <laughs> Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Are you sure? No. (laughs) Okay. So the national forests, the national parks, they have no database for missing people um, to be tracked across the system. So there's been this huge push from um, (laughs) David Politis in the Missing 401 uh, campaign that he started. He's looked at over 1,400 cases. Actually, no, he's looked at more than that, but he's only written about 1,400 cases to kind of figure out what's going on. So these are like mysterious, unsolved. They're not due to any animal interaction or people wandering off on their own or um, accidents, drownings. You know, accidents do happen in these forests. They get that. Last week, we kind of talked about how he identifies some patterns that are peculiar. So here's some more stories that kind of line up with these patterns that he's found. So we're going to start with Danny Philippides. I don't know if that's right. He is (laughs) Canadian. Okay. And this was in 2018. So this is probably one of the more recent ones I found. I did find one from 2019. So I'll do that one next. But this is another kind of happy ending. So he um, went on a ski trip with friends to Lake Placid in New York. They spent the day skiing. And at 2 o'clock, they were going to head back to the cabin. But Danny said, oh, wait, I have to get my phone from my car. And said those famous words that you never, ever say in a horror movie. I'll catch up with you later. So it should have only taken him a couple of minutes to go back to his car to get his phone. But a couple hours go by and his friends are like, hmm, this is weird. A couple of hours? (laughs) I know. (laughs) Wait, what? Terrible friends. (laughs) These friends were not on it. What? After like 10 minutes, I want you guys to come looking for me. (laughs) (laughs) If you're just walking out to the car. Right. Right. And if I'm not back in 30 seconds, come after me. <laughs> hey, right. 
Um, so his friends start calling his phone, but it's not answering. Um, he's not answering, I mean. And so they become worried. They conducted a search. Nothing was found. Here's what they did find. His car was still in the parking lot. They could not reach him on his phone, and his shoes and all of his clothes remained at the lodge. So he had not returned to pack anything with him, and he was apparently on foot. Um, <laughs> what? Sorry. <laughs> I just love it. Go. <laughs> it reminded me of the SpongeBob episode where he decided to run away and be one with the jellyfish, and so he just <laughs> like took off, off all his clothes, clothes and folded oh them, and then. Ran away naked. Okay, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> just like it. <laughs> so it's just like Spongebob. Right on. <laughs> um, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> so he's on foot because his car is still in the parking lot. So the search party lasted six days with 7,000 man hours of helicopter search and rescue, snowmobiles, volunteers, etc. A week later, his wife claims that she got a call from him but said his voice was faint and incoherent, and he hung up on her. So she called him back, but he seemed confused and did not know where he was. Police tracked him down. Where did he go missing from? Do you guys remember? National Park. Lake Placid in New York, because he's from Canada. Police tracked him down and found him in Sacramento, California. Oh, dang. Thousands of miles away, still dressed in his full ski gear. But, I thought he was naked. No, I said that his clothes, like, when he was traveling, like, his suitcase and everything. So, like, he just left on foot with nothing with him. He was oh. wearing his ski clothes. <laughs> she was picturing him as a jellyfish. <laughs> this is where the jellyfish story came from. Okay. I thought you meant that he left all of his clothes no, that he was wearing. No, 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 Like, all his, Scratch his suitcase. story. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really get the relevancy, but I was going to let you go on with it. I liked it. Um, So still dressed in his full ski gear, but he had a new haircut and a new iPhone. Oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. Never found his phone in the car? I don't know. He could not remember anything at all of how he came there or what happened to him. They suspect that he fell and had some head trauma, such as and like experienced like an amnesia state or a dissociative state, but nobody can explain why he was in California, all the way literally across the country. Wow. Hmm. Still in his ski gear. I didn't walk there. No, he probably didn't. The only memory that he has been able to come up with since then is he vaguely remembers being on a truck in Utah. And it's all he can remember. Hmm. So, crazy. So, um, another recent one. There was a two-year-old that was rescued after three days in North Carolina. Casey Hathaway. This happened in January 2019. Um, he had been playing with two other children in his grandmother's yard in North Carolina was missing for three days. Finally, three days later, he was found calling for his mother. He was about a quarter of a mile away, which is crazy because that's stupid close. Mm -hmm. if you think about it. And he's about 40 to 50 yards deep into the woods. He was soaking wet, cold, and tangled in thorn bushes. Oh, They said that rescuers had to wade through nearly waist-deep water to get to him. Which, if you Whoa. think about it, waist-deep, and he's two years old. Two-year-olds don't come up to your waist. Was he on, like, an island? How was he not drowning? Thorn so Island. They asked him, <laughs> and, you know, he's two. They asked him, like, where were you? How did you, like, how did a three-year-old survive for three days? Yeah. Well, or a two-year-old, I'm sorry. A two-year-old survived for three days in January. So it's cold. And he said that he was taken care of by a bear. Oh. 
January. Life Jungle Book story. January. Anybody know what bears are doing in January? Hibernating. hibernating. They are hibernating. Maybe they were hibernating Unless they with have him. To pee. But even if they, <laughs> maybe they saw they him wandering pee, and they were like, "Ah, oh, this this is not good." They would be starving and would have attacked him, and he had nothing on him, like no scratches. Know, maybe they were. Maybe they were good people. Maybe, maybe these bears, bears were good people. <laughs> I don't know. Just trying so to be maybe, positive. Here. Maybe he had bear spray. It is weird. <laughs> maybe he did have bear spray. It is weird. I'll give you that. So that has a couple of the key factors. He was found near a body of water. He was found far, or he was found pretty close, but it was an area that had been searched. But they can't explain how he got to that area, and a bear took care of him. Okay. An unnamed seven-year-old vanished from his in front of his home in Arizona. Bloodhounds were unable to pick up any scent trail for the boy, and they did an aerial search because it's the desert, and turned up nothing. He was found two days later, dazed and wandering outside in the desert 20 miles away from his home. He was in good condition. He was not dehydrated. He had no effects from exposure, even though the nighttime temps were well below freezing. So, question comes, how is he in such good health, covered all that distance, and did not turn up on any aerial searches? This is one of the sad ones. Um, A three-year-old named Jared Atsadero. October 1999, he went with his father to a Christian retreat lodge at Pudre Canyon, Colorado. On October 2nd, he went ahead of the members on a hike along Big South Trail and talked to some fishermen who were fishing along the river there. He asked them, hey, have you seen any bears? Because he's three. And the fishermen told him, you should go back to your group. And that was the last time he was ever seen. Which... Did he didn't help him? Fisherman, why are you not going <laughs> like, to help what? a three-year-old find your group instead of just being like, hey, go find your group? Run along. Right. That's pretty sad. Don't like this. Um, so they did a massive search. They used bloodhounds, aircrafts, couldn't find him. No traces found. Authorities believe that he fell into the river and drowned four mm-hmm. years later, June 4th, 2003. His remains are found up a remote, inaccessible area up a steep incline about 500 feet above the trail that he vanished from. So they found his bones and his skull. On his skull was a series of odd scratches that were assumed to be from a mountain lion, but all big cat experts who examined it pointed out that a cougar would have torn at the sweater and body near the stomach and neck, but there was no injuries on his body, and all of his clothes were intact. Hmm. Which, yeah, odd. Hmm. His clothes were turned inside out. A single tooth from his mouth was placed on a nearby log, that was strangely not overgrown with moss or vegetation, considering it had been sitting there for four years. And that tooth was sitting there. No animals came and disturbed it, nothing. The clothes and his shoes were surprisingly brightly colored and looked new for having been out in the elements for as long as they were. So Alan, his father, reported that the authorities were secretive and dishonest about the whole incident. He reports that they were threatened with arrest when the family wanted to go looking on their own. And also were told by authorities that the trail was the only way in or out of the canyon, although they later found out this was not true. And he also noted that when they were using the scent for the bloodhounds, they were using his shorts and not his son's shorts to find the um, his son. Hmm. When he pointed this out to the park rangers and the authorities, they got angry to the point of threatening to call off the search entirely. Would that even would that even work? That's a stupid question on my end, but like I wouldn't think so. <laughs> okay. I mean, they might smell similar, but right. there's gonna be differences. Okay. Um, strange hair samples were collected from his son's sweater, but no results were released besides 
they were neither human nor mountain lion. Hmm. So that's probably like one of the strangest ones, I think. And there's still no answers. Um, Lillian Carney, six years old, August 8th, 1897. So this is one of the oldest cases. She went missing about 15 miles west of the Canadian border when she was blueberry picking with her parents. Hmm. Berry picking, remember? Berry picking. Her parents said she just vanished. She was there one second and gone the next. They searched for over an hour and then got more people to help them. By morning, there was 200 volunteers searching. They then got to 300 volunteers to search, and they found her 46 hours later. She was about two to three miles away from where her parents last saw her. She didn't say a lot about her experience besides the sun shined all the time while I was in the woods. Aww. She had spent two nights outside, and it was partly cloudy all day. Mm. <laughs> I know. Some of these, I mean, like, yeah. I don't, I don't understand, but okay. Keep going. And there's, I mean, like I said, there's so many guys. Yeah. I try to take some of them that were somewhat happy endings yeah. because a lot of them are kids. Sure. Um, Dennis Martin. This is another child. Um, June 14th, 1969. He was playing with his family in Spence Field, which is a meadow mountain on the Appala- Appalachian Trail between North Carolina and Tennessee. Um, he was playing with his nine-year-old brother when another family came around asking if their boys could play with them, and their last name was also Martin. So the kids were playing hide-and-seek. Dennis's dad said that he was watching them until his son went to go hide in some bushes, and that was the last time he was ever seen. Another man, Harold Key, and his family were hiking in the area around the same time, and they heard a loud, sickening scream. They saw what looked like a bear running through the woods, but the father said the figure looked more like a large, rugged man trying to keep hidden. When Key heard of the disappearance the next day, he reported the sighting of the man running, but the FBI dismissed it, saying it was too far away to form a connection. That's Bigfoot. (laughs) Well, and his daughter, or his kid, I can't remember if it was his daughter or his son, said it looked like a bear running on its hind legs. And he said, oh, it looks more like a large, rugged man. Yeah. But still the FBI dismissed it. Yeah. So the Army Green Berets were brought in to comb the area but found no evidence. So Martin told um, Polita's that the figure seen running had something slung over his shoulder. But the FBI did not let the media know about this. And he also said there was 12 other disappearances in that area since his son's with a single FBI agent assigned to all of these cases. And that FBI agent ended up committing suicide for unknown reasons. Mm. Yikes. So the National Park Service said that they are aware of wild men who live off the grid and clothe themselves in animal pelts, which is what they think that kid probably saw, but they have ruled the cases unsolved and have never found anything. Stacy Ann Eras. She's one of the more famous cases that I found. Um, she went missing from Yosemite. On July 17th, 1981, she was with a group of six horseback riding and they were at their camp was about 9,400 feet above sea level. So they were way up high. She told her father that she wanted to go photograph a nearby lake. Um, She was 14 years old and another man from their group decided to go too because he wanted to see the lake. But he was 77. He got tired on the way there. So he's like, I'm going to sit down and rest. You go on ahead. You go to the lake. Um, and that was the last time she was seen. So the group's tour guide remembered noticing her from a distance, standing on a rock about 50 yards south of the trail, and then says she vanished, and the only trace they have ever found is her camera lens. So, kind of to sum up a lot of this, we're going to talk about some theories and some criticisms of all of this. 
everything. Love it. So some theories. I have a few theories. <laughs> what are some of your theories <laughs> about what you think is happening to these people? UFOs. That's Aliens. One sure. of That's one of the top ones. Yeah. Um, and that, Bigfoot. That and Bigfoot. Those are the two top. <laughs> okay. So alien abduction is one of the common ones, especially with the ones um, that I talked about where they're found later thousands of miles away. Or, you know, where the kid who had been missing for four years and then was found and his clothes and shoes were still brightly colored, even though he spent four years in the forest. Right. Or that Um, little girl that thought she just saw a bright light. mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That said the sun was always shining despite Mm -hmm. two nights. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Bigfoot is another one. So David Politas founded the North American Bigfoot Search. Politus. Politus, damn it. <laughs> it's Pavelia. It's Pavelia. Um, so this is also one of his biggest criticisms of people criticizing his work is that he's a conspiracy theorist and writes and researches about Bigfoot and is a big Bigfoot believer. Um, so they think that he's kind of making all of these stories line up with his Bigfoot. Which, I mean, I'm not a huge Bigfoot believer, but... I'm not either. When you hear stories like that, you're like, something is weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay? I don't know if it's Bigfoot, but it's right. definitely weird. Yeah. No, and I agree. Um, some other theories are Thunderbirds. I don't know what that is. Fill me in. Oh. <laughs> I know Boydson knows what this is. I don't. I'm totally ignorant go, of this Go story. for it, Boydson. What's a Thunderbird? Oh, that's a a story in and of itself. It is. It's a Native American folklore. Oh, okay. About these massive birds that, I mean, basically they can control the weather mm-hmm. and they can make people disappear. Oh, I mean, it's a huge story. We'll have to cover it. Yep. I'll put that on the to-do list as okay. well. Okay. That's really cool. Um, Secret underground government bases. That mm-hmm. they use for experiments. <sighs> this is Love like that as well. Local Area 51. Uh-huh. So this is um, kind of with the conspiracy theory right here. Um, because there's no database for all these missing people. And it costs all these millions of dollars to get mm-hmm. a database. And the FBI, um, a lot of these families say that the FBI and the police and the park rangers were just not being forthcoming with a lot of this. Yeah. Um, which is why they turned to Politis. So... um another one is alternate realities oh i love that too oh my gosh i'm so i'm loving all of these she's just like sitting here taking notes of things to do yes i like that kind of all that plays into the other Mm -hmm. stuff yes continue Mm -hmm. um so kind of with these people who have no recollection of the past 15 months or week that they've Mm -hmm. been gone so they're thinking maybe they slipped into an alternate reality because these people, their friends and family who are with them say they disappeared like without a sound. Like, yeah. you think if someone's taking you, first off, I'm going to scream my head off, especially if there's people around me. Yeah. Um, if an animal's dragging you away, you're going to be screaming your head off. Right. Right. Um, if you fall and get trapped somewhere, you're going to be screaming your head off. So. But if you these... just escape into an alternate reality, you just boom, you just slip into it, huh? Mm-hmm. Right. That's how it works. Um, skinwalkers. Oh, I have heard about skinwalkers. <laughs> and I do think that that's also fascinating. Well, we need to cover that too. So, Ooh, write it down. Skinwalkers are creatures, mytholo- mythological creatures, <laughs> um, that are associated with witchcraft who can basically become like an animal or another human being and trick like you. Different forms? Yes. Take mm-hmm. on different forms. Of course I know about skinwalkers. Yes. <laughs> And they can possess you and mimic you and yeah. They're pretty stuff. creepy. Yeah. Have you heard of Skinwalker Canyon? 
Skinwalker Ranch. I've heard of Skinwalker Ranch, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then the last theory is wild men. So they kind of touched about this, that there are men and women out there who live off the grid. And so they say, you know, there could be cannibals out there for all we know. Um, And maybe they are. They know the woods better than anybody. Maybe they are taking people and... You know, but again, kind of makes sense. Somebody comes after me, unless they're gonna like kill me right then and there. I'm gonna be screaming or right. fighting back or something. You know. I guess there's a way they probably could have figured it out to make you not scream. Right. right. Sure. So those are kind of the theories about what people have come up with on the internet and what people think is happening here. But like I said, Bigfoot and alien abduction are kind of the two most popular ones I saw. Mm-hmm. I'm going with aliens. <laughs> I always go Just with aliens. Like get reaction. <laughs> Um, some criticisms of the 411 and, um, Politis here. Like I said, people think that he's a conspiracy theorist who is just trying to make all of this data fit in with his Bigfoot, um, stuff that he founded. Um, people also accuse him of monopolizing on people and their tragedies because these families come to him and he writes books about them and is making lots of money off of it. Hmm. People also think he manipulates his data to fit into his characteristics that he has. Uh, and cherry picks his cases basically to fit that agenda. So, oh, hey, you were berry picking? Come on over. You're, oh, you were found by a lake of water? Okay. You know. Mm, Sure. Also, he portrays his cluster areas as something highly unusual when, in fact, they encompass the largest expanses of wilderness in the U.S. So, of course, people are going to disappear. People, yeah, people disappear in the wilderness, it happens, and it's so vast and you just sometimes you're not going to find people and there's animals to eat at the remains and there's just no way you can always find every single person. And then also he talks about his characteristics of removing clothing and shoes. And we've talked about this with Dick Love past. Did I say that right? Oh, are you talking about my- <laughs> Yes. Diet Love. Dick Love. Diet Love. Diet Love. Whatever. Dick Love. <laughs> Dick love pass. It's the dick love pass. <laughs> I know what it was, but was, I just couldn't remember what it was the called. The love. Yes. Deet love. <laughs> so we talked about this, where people, when they're in hyperthermia, <laughs> begin removing their clothes because you think uh-huh. that your body's burning up. Yep. Um. So they talked about that. You know, people, he makes this big deal about people removing their clothes and shoes and stuff like that and folding them. And yep. they're like, well, people who are in extreme hypothermia or dehydration or sunstroke are not thinking clearly. And so they take their clothes yeah. off or leave things behind and or go up the mountain instead of down or go up the mountain instead of down yeah. or do crazy things and are able to travel for long distances. So I think a similar thing happened on, in the Dieth Love Pass. <laughs> yes. the Dick Love Pass. <laughs> they were found in an area that was like, you know, they, that they were experienced hikers uh-huh. and they were found in an area that they would have known better to be on is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Everybody found that it was weird. So similar. So, um, that's what I have kind of found about the that's national parks. Fascinating. I, I had no idea. Love it. And you guys can go online and if you just like look up, you know, the 411 or national parks disappearances, I mean, you will find there's so many stories and it's sad. It's really sad, but there's, it's so wow, interesting too, to see the similarities yeah. and then to see people's theories. I had no idea that was even a thing. It so you is. guys have all these conversations Without me. At work. <laughs> no, I found trying, out about trying it. Trying to warn her. I found out about it on Reddit. Um, there was like a national parks, and I didn't even go into this, where it was like um, a Reddit thread, and it was a search and rescue 
um, team member from a national park. And he was telling his stories that are unexplained. And like everybody else was just sharing all of their weird forest experiences they had. And so, <laughs> sorry, it sounded like I was doing like a drinking commercial. Like, hmm. I might have to touch on that later because that's like all the weird things that people see and hear in the forest. But I kind of really want to do one on the national parks and the disappearances. So that's what awesome. I did. I loved it. Strong work. Thank you. Yay. Well, that's going to be a hard one to follow up on. Thanks, Lynn. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in for my two-parter. Did you say Harry Potter? Two-parter. Although I am wearing a Harry Potter shirt today, guys. I think that's why I got confused. I I meant to bring you movies, too. I forgot. Oh, no. She wants to start watching Harry Potter. Oh, you do? They're excellent. I love them. They're very great. I've seen, like, the first three several times, but I haven't seen any of them after that because I've been wanting to watch... I've been holding off so I can watch them all in a row. Yeah. So you want me to bring you one, starting with one, or do you want me to start with four? All of... Or one. Yes. One. Okay. I will do that. Remind me this week at work. All right. Who's going next? It's me. Yay! It's me again. Okay. Well, this week's episode for Smorgasbord, I chose a true crime. Yay! Who am I, anyways? Like, I'm not normally a true crime person. It's because I already had my story picked out. Yeah, no, that's fine, actually. It pushes me to talk about true crime, which actually I quite enjoy. So, all right. This week, I have chosen to talk about Israel Keys. Oh. Yes. This is amazing. I don't know if I know this. Yeah. You know it. The, the, he said, the most famous serial killer you've never heard of. That's kind of how they describe him. What, where, what area? You're going to hear about it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I can't wait. (laughs) Tell me about it before you tell me about it. (laughs) Please give me a clue. Well, here it is. Okay. (laughs) Israel Keys was born in Cove, Utah on January 7th of 1978. He was the second of 10 children born to Heidi and John. Uh, Israel and his siblings were homeschooled. So when Keyes was between the ages of three and five, his family moved to Colville, Washington, uh, where they lived in a one-room cabin without electricity or running water. Mm. I saw images of where they lived, and it was definitely off the grid. I was going to say, were they off the grid? (laughs) They were off off the the grid. grid. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the theme of the week. They're off the grid? (laughs) Off the grid. Okay. Uh, so in Colville, Key's family became neighbors and friends with the family of Chevy Kehoe, who apparently was convicted of three 1986 murders. I'm not sure why that was interesting. It's just kind of a little fun fact. I've never heard of that person either. Huh. I'm what? Chevy Kehoe. Do you know who Chevy Kehoe is? I don't know. That I thought person. it would be a another... car. Because of Chevy. Like, like okay. That. Okay. <laughs> All right, so back to his family. They lived off the grid, okay? (laughs) They're off the grid and they homeschool. Got it. And they're friends with away from society. So he he and his family, gosh, I jacked something. He and his family attended the Church of Christian Identity Theology. Hmm, I haven't heard that one. Neither have I. Apparently, they are very white supremacist and they believed that other races were inferior. So it's probably a good thing I haven't heard of them. (laughs) Yeah. I'd never heard of this one, so I thought that was interesting. <clears throat> his neighbors described him when he was younger as very quiet. He was a loner, standoffish. Um, somebody also described him as they never felt safe around him and described, um, sorry, say this again. And Israel described how a story of how he shot a deer and the deer wasn't dead right away. So he gutted the deer while it was still alive. Sociopathic tendencies. Seeing it, calling it. Yeah. There's also other interviews of Israel himself where he states that 
I've known since I was 14. What he knew, I don't know. He didn't specify, but he said, Hmm. I thought things were normal, okay. But others thought that they weren't normal and okay. Well, it sounds like people are uneasy around him. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like he also knew that he was kind of jacked up. Yeah. So he served in the army from 98 to 2001. He got into the army. He got into the army. That's right. disturbing. Yeah. He uh, served at Fort Lewis, Fort Hood, and in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And while at Fort Lewis, he served on a mor- mortar team. What does that mean? I don't help know. me. Is that what the blows up? Research. <laughs> I don't know what a mortar team is, though. Isn't a mortar what what blows up? What know. do you mean? What blows up? Like, like what blows? <laughs> like a bomb? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, Lizzie's gonna help Hold me on. out because I don't know a mortar team. So a mortar is oh okay, it's like a muzzle loaded weapon that like you put on the ground and then you shoot off. Oh. Great. That sounds they like a launch, great thing for him to do. They launch explosive shells, technically called bombs, in high arcing ballistic trajectories. She knew it. So yeah, you're exactly right. It, it is it's it's like a bomb, yeah. Nailed yeah. it. It's just loading them and shooting them off. I think that I sounds learned like that a from great job for him to do. Yeah, I don't think being in the army is a great thing either, yeah, but perfect. Right. So according to his military records, he entered the army in Albany, New York on July 9th, nineteen ninety eight, and was discharged from Fort Lewis on July eighth. 2001, at the rank of specialist. So some of his former friends have noted his quiet demeanor. These are army friends, so kind of in more of his adulthood, I guess. Right. Um, His quiet demeanor and that he typically kept himself. On the weekends, he was reported to drink heavily, consuming entire bottles of his favorite drink, wild turkey bourbon. Gross. No, not a bourbon person. Not a fan. He's also heavily into the music group Insane Clown Posse. I thought you were going to say NSYNC. (laughs) (laughs) He was heavily into NSYNC. (laughs) Me too. It's going to be May. (laughs) That would have been so much funnier. He liked some Justin Timberlake. (laughs) Nah, he was into the ICP, girl. (laughs) I have heard of the NSYNC cloud. (laughs) He had several posters in his room. (laughs) <laughs> Just replace NSYNC with us every time. <laughs> <laughs> I can just picture him like ramen noodles jam- or Justin <laughs> Just jamming out of some JT early on. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, anyhow. In 2007, he started a construction business in Alaska called Keys Construction. Um, it's important that you know that he was in Alaska at this time. Got it. He's in Alaska. Right. Okay. So he's been kind of all over the place. But now he's in Alaska. Now he's in Alaska. <laughs> mm-hmm. You ready? Wait, is he in Alaska? He's in Alaska, people. <laughs> the tiny, tiny... Oh. I'm so sorry. I have to rearrange every now and then, too. See, it's not just me. The yeah. tiny state of Alaska. I'm just kidding. It's huge. It's huge. All is right. It, that's he, what she said. Was he off the grid there? Uh, I'm sure. Except for he had a construction business. So he so was on the not. grid when he wanted to be. <laughs> to make money. <laughs> he was selectively off the grid. <laughs> Like a thing like, for sure. Funny. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm trying. The night of February 12th, 2012, an 18-year-old barista named Samantha Koenig was working at a small pop-up coffee shop and was closing the shop some... I don't know what I wrote. Was closing the show, shop alone that night is what I meant to say. 
Her boyfriend was supposed to pick her up after work, but when he showed up, she was not there. She had apparently been abducted. So we know later on, but I'm going to tell you now. She had been abducted by uh, Israel Keys at gunpoint at the Common Grounds Espresso in Mm. Anchorage, Alaska. He, meaning Keys, approached the coffee kiosk around 8 p.m. and ordered a drink. Um, In the surveillance footage from that night, Koenig can be seen giving Keys his order and then immediately looking shocked. She puts her hands up and backs away from the window. And you can see this all on surveillance, and it's only really pointing at her. So you can't see him at that moment. Mm, Okay. Seems like that is counterproductive to why there are security cameras, but okay. I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't see out the window on it. Yeah. All right. Or if you can, it's very limited. So um, an FBI special agent describes it as, you see her body language change. She goes from someone who's just serving someone coffee to being very nervous and very concerned. Keyes later told investigators that he had pulled out a gun and demanded money, which is when Koenig put her hands up in the air and backed away from the kiosk window. At Keyes' apparent request, Koenig then turned off the lights, and Keyes entered the shop through the front window. Keyes says he bound her wrists with zip ties and forcibly led her out of the shop. All right, so he also says you can tell she's sort of going along with him because she thinks that he's going to rob the place. It just didn't come across to her that she was in danger until he starts walking her out. So she's very clearly in the video just going along with everything Aww. he asked her to do. And that's kind of sad. And while Keyes was leading Koenig to the car, she tried to make a break for it, but Keyes quickly caught up to her and tackled her to the ground. He pointed his gun at Koenig and told her it had very quiet ammo, saying that she shouldn't do anything that would make him kill her. After obtaining her cell phone and ATM card, Keyes took Koenig to his shed on his property, um, which I looked at the video where it was, it was literally on his driveway, mm. where he uh, sexually assaulted and strangled her to death. Oh, gosh. Gets even more messed up. So, FYI, he had a living girlfriend and a 10-year-old daughter no. um, inside the house at no. the time. No, 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 no. And it is said that he cranked up, probably in sync or ICP, overnight so that nobody could hear anything and did all these terrible things. Mm-hmm. So the next morning he was scheduled to go on a vacation with his family. Mm-hmm. So he left her body in the shed and went to New Orleans where he departed on a pre-booked two-week cruise with his family in the Gulf of Mexico. Oh my gosh. Just like nothing had happened. Like how confident do you have to be to leave a body in your right. shed for two weeks? Yeah. That's really sad. When he returned to Alaska, he removed her body from the shed. It's it really yucky here. Uh, applied makeup to the corpse's face, sewed her eyes open with fishing line, and snapped a picture of her four-day-old, or of a four-day-old issue of the newspaper alongside her body, posed to appear that she was still alive. He then texted her boyfriend from her phone with the text saying, Connor Park sign under pick of Albert. Ain't she purdy? Hmm. So, of course, when he got this text... Everyone then raced to Connor Park. Um, They found a ransom note that was tacked under a picture of a missing dog named Albert. Inside of the note was the picture that he had taken Mm -hmm. of Samantha sitting with the recent newspaper. So it did look like she was still alive in the picture. Oh my gosh. In the note, he demanded $30,000. And her father worked with some of the authorities to try to deposit a small portion of the money. 
into her account and they were doing this um, in an attempt to try to keep an open communication with Israel at the time. So obviously the bank was working with them and they would alert them anytime the uh, debit card was being used. Mm -hmm. And they noticed that it was being used in that town a few times. So they let them know, but then it just abruptly stopped. Mm -hmm. So after the murder of Koenig, Keyes demanded ransom. And we talked about that. Hang on, let me get back to here. Police were able to track withdrawals from the account as he moved through then the southwestern U.S., including Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas. Each time they could see on the surveillance camera that the person was wearing a mask so they couldn't figure out who it was. And during that time, in a controversial move, the police refused to release surveillance video of Koenig's abduction. Which is interesting because, like I said, you can see her reacting mm-hmm. and you can see his figure moving in but not the his lights face. were out yeah i don't know sometimes you see i don't know this is probably a reach but you know sometimes you see in shows that they don't do that because they don't want to give them the attention that they're looking for right i don't know if that's what that was about but either way it's always sad so keys was arrested by texas highway patrol corporal brian henry and texas ranger Stephen rayburn in the parking lot of the Cotton Patch Cafe in Ooh. Lufkin, Texas. Love a good Texas Ranger. They did it. They uh, spotted the car, which was like a white Ford. I mean, it was yeah. pretty like indescript. Um, on the morning of March 13th of 2012, after he had again used Koenig's debit card, which he had previously used in the other states that we mentioned about. So they were kind of tracking him along. Yeah, that's not smart. Yep. After they pulled him over, he handed them an Alaskan driver's license And had multiple objects in the car that they knew were suspicious. So they saw things like zip ties, a gun. (laughs) Not good. Not good. You probably shouldn't have, but they will. You hear them in interviews saying he was not on our radar, like at all. When they saw who it was, they were like, "Israel Keys." We have no idea who this person is. Right. Right. He was not on our radar at all. All right. So he was subsequently extradited to Alaska, where he confessed to Koenig's murders. Just right off the bat. Hmm. Keyes was indicted in the case, and his trial was scheduled to begin in March of 2013, so the following year. Keyes admitted to investigators that he killed four people in Washington, claims that they are the subject of an active investigation by the state police and FBI. He did not have a um, felony criminal record in Washington, but he did have minimal things like driving without a valid license and driving under the influence, but other than that, that's mm-hmm. why he wasn't really on their radar. Right, right. So he also confessed to at least one murder in New York State, but authorities were never able to determine the identity, age, or gender of that victim. Oh, so he didn't even know. He didn't tell them. So you hear him in interviews and he's like, I'll tell you if you give me uh, an Americano. So he's bargaining. A cigar. Yeah. And I want uh, peanut butter Snickers. That's what he wrote. Like telling them what time. they want to hear. Yep. Yep. And they felt like they had to go along with it because at the time he was there voluntarily. So right. he could be leaving and not tell them anything. So they were just kind of going off what they could, anything that they could get. Hmm. I was going to tell you one in specific because I thought that was interesting. All right. So he also admitted to killing Bill and Lorraine Courier of uh, Essex, Vermont. So, again, these are, like, all over. I was going to say, how is he traveling around? <laughs> he rents cars and drives. And just goes. And picks people at complete random. And his family doesn't wonder why he's gone all the time traveling? I guess not. Okay. So nice he, wife. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, where are you? Up. What's going on? 
He broke into the courier's home on the night of June 8th and tied them up before driving them to an abandoned farmhouse where he shot Bill before sexually assaulting and strangling Lorraine. Their bodies have never been found. <clears throat> so this is the weird part about him, too, as if this wasn't already weird, but... Two years prior to the courier's death, Keyes mm-hmm. had hid a murder kit or a kill cache, um, which he later used to kill them. And so apparently he confessed that he hid these all over the United States. Um, he says at least 12 of them. And in it, there were things like tape, zip ties, mm-hmm. bags, things that he would need. Like kill kits. Yeah. That's what he called them. Yeah. And then he is quoted as saying, everyone loves a good scavenger hunt. It's real neat. Um, I don't know if I'd call that a good scavenger hunt. He's interesting because, like I said, you hear him talking. Yeah. And even people have criticized the FBI because they're like, it's like you're just talking to a friendly neighbor. But again, they kind of justify it by saying, well, we kind of had to because we're trying to get him to talk. Yeah. Like they're not like interrogating him, you mean? Right. He's just openly yeah, talking, just talking about yeah. all these things. So apparently he admired Ted Bundy. Of course he did. Mm-hmm. And shared, say, this sounds like Ted Bundy. Doesn't it? And shared many similarities with him. Both mm-hmm. of them were methodical and felt a possession over their victims. However, there are some differences. Bundy's murders were spread throughout the country, mainly because he lived in many different areas. Right. And not as an intentional effort to avoid detection like with Keyes. So he was actually very good at not being caught mm-hmm. until the very last one, obviously. So And also, Bundy targeted only attractive young women, while Keyes had no particular type of victim. Yeah. They're extremely random. So while being held in jail at the Anchorage Correctional Complex on suspicion of murder, Keyes died by suicide on December 2nd, 2012. Oh, wow. Via self-inflicted wrist cuts and strangulation. That was also, remember, during the interviews, he was um, bargaining and mm-hmm. requesting things. He said, I'll tell you all the things that you want to know, but you have to... Give me a death penalty, and it has to be in a year. I want this done before mm-hmm. a year. Because mm-hmm. he had to have control over this whole situation. What did they give him that he would a- be able to slice his wrist? I didn't see. I like, what are you giving to an someone you suspect right. highly of murder, something that is considered a weapon? Yeah. Also somebody who obviously wants to die soon. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So a suicide note was found under his body and consisted of an ode to murder, but offered no clues about the other possible victims. So mm. he didn't say so everything. That's why we don't know. Yeah. They did say also that before his death, authorities found at least 11 pieces of paper with skulls painted on them under the mattress. The skulls were painted in his blood. Oh. And they believe it represented 11 of his victims. Jeez. But... The only one they know for sure is that one. Yeah, the one he was convicted of was Samantha. Yeah. But he definitely confessed, confessed to the couple, mm-hmm. but they never found the bodies of them. So they can't really link it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at this point, he's he's dead now. Yeah. But, yeah, that's Israel Keys. I have not heard of him. You never knew. I've never heard of him. Why did you think I'd heard of him? Oh, because you like true crime. I do, but. Yeah, and there's been um, he looks a fairly... Netflix documentary on him as well. He looks fairly unassuming. I'll show you his picture. He's kind of like a scrawny little white guy on here. I mean, it sounds vaguely familiar just because it was recently. He looks familiar. Yeah. Like I said, you've got to listen to interviews with him. If you watch that. Oh, there's the picture of Samantha. 
No, I don't know if I want to see that. Oh, gosh. Hold on. I mean, that's a convincing picture. Yeah, so he made the picture look blurry intentionally. Oh. A lot more convincing than I would have thought. One thing I was going to tell you, too, about this picture Mm -hmm. that I heard during the documentary piece of it, too. Right. You know, those two weeks that he was gone, the body had frozen. Um, So when he came back, he had to thaw out the body. And then put That's makeup a good point, on her. Because of Alaska, yeah. Yes. So then he had to put the makeup on her and make it look like she's still alive. Um, and you know, his kind of mess up in this situation too was that he braided her hair in this picture. Oh gosh. Like he he said that's how he used to braid his daughter's hair. No, 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 no. And when her father, Samantha's father, saw the picture, he said right away, he said, that's her, but she never does her hair like that. Something's wrong. So I thought that was kind of spooky. It's messed up right there. It's all really messed up and really, really sad. It is. Yeah. It's... All right, Boydstone, we're ready for you. We're ready for Bring it home. You, you ready? Ready. Wrap it in. Wrap it in. <laughs> that's what she said. I don't think I will. Oh my gosh, I've got problems. Yes, you do. I'm so I refuse. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Wrap it up. <laughs> we are going to Canada. Oh, Canada. <laughs> or as I like to say, Canadia. Canadia. Um, we're going to travel to the province of Manitoba. Oh, yeah, I've been there. And if no one is familiar with that, it's the one that borders North Dakota and goes all the way north. That helps. To where it's super, super cold. Do you know where North Dakota is? I do. Okay, okay. (laughs) I couldn't tell if you were being sarcastic when you said that helps. (laughs) No, it does. I don't don't know the geography of Canada very well. So, same. That's actually, like, I had to look it up, and so that's why I put it in there. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. She knew I'd be like, what? Got you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This incident that we're going to discuss occurred on May 20th, 1967. So we're coming up on an anniversary. Yes, we are. What is this? Is this like a... I don't even know the category. I don't know. She wouldn't even tell us. Mm -hmm. She's so secretive. I don't like it. (laughs) It was around noon in the wilderness near Falcon Lake, which is 80 miles east of Winnipeg. An amateur geologist named Stefan Mikulak (laughs) was looking for quartz. Looking for what? (laughs) Oh, quartz. 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 Okay, Okay, gotcha. Because that's what rock people do. I, I know quartz is. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I'd, I'd look for quartz, too. I'd you like to know s- the difference. I'd be like that. You like and your bird-watching self, you would love that. Quartz is the pretty the pretty one. Um, okay. While surveying the area, Stefan was startled by a flock of geese, and they suddenly swooped past him. Stefan reports that the geese were flying from... No, I'm sorry. The geese were fleeing from two... (laughs) Fleeing? Oh, wow. From two glowing cigar-shaped objects in the sky. You're doing UFOs. A UFO story, yes. Okay. I should have known. You love UFOs. I like aliens. He said that one of the objects flew off and the other landed in a rocky area nearby. At first, he was hesitant, so he's steered clear and just began sketching it from afar and he finally approached it oh yes that's the sensible thing to do 
that's... I mean, I would. If I see a UFO, I'm going to approach it. No. Mm. Stefan described the air as warm and smelling of sulfur. The craft... (laughs) (laughs) So many farts. Like, hello farts. They opened the door and it was just alien farts. I was thinking like rotten eggs, but okay, let's go with farts. Alien farts. aliens just fucking... Are they demonic aliens? No, it's just alien farts. Because... You smell sulfur with demons, I'm just saying. Yeah, you're not wrong. They all farted up in that <laughs> UFO, opened the door, <laughs> was like, damn! Mm-hmm. We've been holding this in for <laughs> millions of miles! They obviously have not been holding it in. <laughs> <laughs> I meant like they've all been breathing in that air because they couldn't open the door. Dude, were they so, high when they came out? Room. High on farts! <laughs> so, he described uh, the air as warm air. and smelling of sulfur. The craft was noisy, <laughs> making whirs and hissing sounds. I'm sorry, I'm laughing because she's laughing. <laughs> okay, we're talking about farts, and you say that <laughs> it was loud and noisy, <laughs> and there's hissing noises. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. It's just more farts. Sorry. Got it. No. <laughs> it's like mechanical sounds. We're like oh, okay. eighth. We're like eighth graders right now. Okay. At best. <laughs> so he assumed that it was an experimental vehicle from the United States. Whoa. Blaming it on us. Okay. Blaming the farts on you, S of A. I mean, we do weird we've, stuff, so we've I get it. fart on a lot of things. <laughs> we do fart on a lot of things. Sorry, Canada. Crop dust. We like are mofos. kind of the worst. We are the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, a few seconds later, a door on the craft. <laughs> I get it now with crop circles and crop dust. <laughs> we crop dusting experts. I get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> we need to focus on the UFO instead of the farts. Can't. Okay, I'm so sorry. That'd be cool. <laughs> sorry. Continue. Okay. You sure? Yeah. No? Okay. <laughs> I can't promise it won't happen again, but I'm going to try yeah. real hard. Just don't say sulfur again or make any other jokes about farting. <laughs> I'm not the one making jokes. But you make it so easy with all the things you're saying. Oh. I'm just talking. Okay. okay. All right. I'm ready. <laughs> so a few seconds later, a door on the craft opened and he heard voices inside of it. He tried to speak to the operators of it in English, Russian, Polish, and German. Hold up. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Why do they know so many languages? Because people in Canada Canadian. are awesome. They know so many languages in Canada. They're very smart. That's amazing. We only know English. Yeah, I'm like, what? And not even <laughs> that well. Even We're not well. even that good at English. <laughs> you're, you're right. Me especially. The worst. Um, but he received no response to all of his attempts. So what does he do? He touches the craft. Nope. And it was really hot to the touch and burned the tips of his gloves. There was an open door and he peered through it, expecting to see a crew of military pilots. And instead, he only saw a panel of blinking lights. Then suddenly, the door closed. The craft rotated and a grid-like pattern of tiny holes in the exterior sprayed him with scorching hot gas. Ooh. So this set. <laughs> Why didn't he just use Google Translator for alien? <laughs> Sorry, please go. I'm stuck on gas and parts, and she's over here on Google. <laughs> Google Translator. So this set his shirt on fire as well as his hat, and left him with burns on his stomach, matching oh. the grid-like pattern on the craft. Jeez. He tried to find his way back home, but his compass wasn't 
wasn't working. And nine hours later, he eventually arrived home. Nine hours after he probably got, what, second degree burns at least? Yeah. He went to a nearby hospital for burn treatment and the burns later grew into welts. He began to suffer from headaches, diarrhea, blackouts, and a had a strange sulfuric odor coming from his body oh, for boy. several weeks. That's really unfortunate. Stinky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stinks. <laughs> Stinks real bad. <laughs> Nobody can be around you. No. Um, a few weeks after the incident, uh, Stefan and his friend <laughs> went looking for the site. Um, after several hours, they found a burned-out semicircle in the ground with dead branches around the site. He reported the incident to both Canadian and U.S. authorities and eventually completed a physical and psychological evaluation at the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. Mm. It was determined that he was of sound mind and not hallucinating. Years later, a twisted piece of metal was recovered from Falcon Lake and testing revealed that the metal was highly radioactive. Investigations by official and civilian bodies uncovered zero evidence of a UFO hoax. As late as 1975, a member of the Canadian Parliament complained that the government had not released any of its findings, so they were concerned and wanted to know what the heck had happened as well. Stefan died in 1999, but the burns remained on his body up until his death. Really? Like, Mm -hmm. not just scarred? No. Oh, wow. So to this day, neither Canadian nor U.S. military has been able to explain the event. His family is still searching for answers. The University of Manitoba has a large collection of evidence from this occurrence. They have um, the clothes he was wearing. Um, They have other physical evidence. They have um, reports from different agencies. They have uh, reports that um, Stefan himself had made, including the sketches that he made while he was waiting to approach the craft. Um, So there's a large... A large collection of this evidence that people can see at the University of Manitoba. Of course, this is unexplained, and we don't know exactly what happened, but that is the Falcon Lake UFO. Ooh. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Can I ask a question? Please. Is it about farts? (laughs) (laughs) What if it is? I was trying to ask a relevant question, okay, Mm -hmm. for once in my life. Well, it's kind of relevant. Have you ever seen Fire in the Sky? Mm-mm. I have not. Oh, oh, oh. Is that about Arizona? See, but I didn't know if it was actually based off of something like that. N- n- no. Is that, but is the one you're talking about the one in Arizona? I think the movie is placed there, but I didn't know if it was based off of a different story. I don't know. I've seen, so yes, I've seen Fire in the Sky. I don't. Dude, that movie. Remember where it was nightmares. based off of. What? Is... And I'll tell you right now, the main scene I remember is a needle going in the eye. So oh my gosh. Nope. Not watching it. Would not recommend. <laughs> not watching it. Thank you. If that's what you're freaked out about. But it's only PG-13. Mm, and nope. I saw it a really long time ago. It came out in 1993. Um, The Fourth Kind. Do you guys remember that movie? Uh-uh. But that's... Uh, alien uh, Possession. And that movie scared me so bad I did not sleep that night. Yeah. It just sounded kind of similar because he was like by himself out in the woods and get sucked up by the ufo and um i just looked it up it was actually 
based on another story that I considered doing today oh, instead. Ooh. So Interesting. Yep. I think there's more to those stories than we know. Can you see those pictures online that, of the stuff that they have? Yeah, I'll send you one Please of do. his uh, burn pattern. I like the do more alien stories. Those are cool. I liked it. I thought you guys didn't like aliens. I didn't. I never said that. I thought Lindsay didn't like aliens. I never said I don't like them. I just don't believe in them. And you got all offended and called me small-minded. That's true. That did happen. <laughs> so you're going to be the first to be abducted then. <laughs> aliens, because they're like, you don't believe me? I'll show you. What's I up. like. Yeah, I like hearing stories about them because I like hearing any kind of unexplained stuff. I I'm just not like, yes, that's aliens. You know. I think we're just going to have to come to terms with the fact that government's never going to own up to any <laughs> UFO stories. Right. It's just how it is. Shall we close her out? We should close her out. Wrap it in. Mm, wrap it in. Right, guys, we're going to wrap it in. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to our smorgasbord episode this That's week. A good one. Yeah. I enjoyed it. We had some aliens. We had some paranormal conspiracy. We had some true crime. We had everything. All the things. All the things. Um, you can always find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Tipsy Ghost and email us, send us your paranormal, true crime, conspiracy, send it all to us. We love it. Uh, at the Tipsy Ghost at gmail.com. I said that really fast. The Tipsy Ghost at gmail.com. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. We will see you guys next week. Okay, bye. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>